Welcome to Embedded Edge with Knitting, a podcast that brings to life the stories behind today's embedded systems, technologies, and products. It's the show where you'll hear from both engineers and executives on some of the most topical news and most pressing challenges in the world of embedded system design. Here's your host, Editor-in-Chief of Embedded.com, Nitin Dahad. Hello. Welcome to this edition of Embedded Edge with Nitin. In this episode, we take a look at computer system security architecture, especially some of the work being done by researchers over the last decade or so to address memory safety exploits through the CHERRY project. CHERRY stands for Capability Hardware Enhanced Risk Instructions. It comes from the work by SRI International and the University of Cambridge, as well as companies like Arm, Microsoft and Google, to revisit fundamental design choices in hardware and software to dramatically improve system security. It has been supported by the DARPA Crash, MRC and SSIFH programs since 2010, as well as other DARPA research and transition funding. Since 2019, development of ARM's experimental Cherry-enabled Morello processor, SOC and board has been supported by the UK government's research and innovation agency, UKRI. In January 2022, ARM announced a major milestone in this program, launching its Morello System on Chip and Demonstrator board. Morello prototype boards are now being released and are ready for software developers and security specialists to start using the architecture to demonstrate enhanced security that can be achieved with hardware capabilities. To learn more about the background to this and the initiative led by UKRI, we talk in this episode to John Goodacre, who leads UKRI's Digital Security by Design, or DSBD, initiative. As DSBD's Challenge Director, John is a veteran of the industry and is Professor of Computer Architectures at the University of Manchester. Before this, he was at ARM for almost 18 years. And among his achievements were the design and introduction of the ARM MP-Core multi-core processor and associated technologies that enabled today's smartphone and became the foundation for future data center infrastructure. In this interview, John explains the DSBD initiative and the background to the issues around memory safety exploits. But John, tell us a little bit about Digital Secure by Design. Yeah, thanks, Martin. So what we've got in Digital Security by Design is a, basically a government initiative where they're trying to build a more secure future. Now, uh, obviously, with my history in ARM, what we, uh, going back uh, to what, about 2018, 20, 2018, I think it was, we uh, proposed to the government as part of their ICF programme that the industry had a challenge introducing fundamentally new technologies in the digital domain, and what we met, what was meant by that is that, you know, a computer processor, the central processor of a computer, basically has looked the same for decades, and we can probably talk about what specifically in there mm. hasn't been able to change. Because obviously, vendors have managed to add a lot around it, and new instruction sets and things like that. But the fundamental model in the middle of it's been the same for decades, and because of the sheer amount of software that people yes. already have. It's that we, we had something, uh, what the government calls a market failure between what could be done at one part of the value chain and what is the benefit in another. And obviously security for uh, cybersecurity for the government is something very important. I'm sure people are aware of the NCSC, the Centre for Cybersecurity and all of the other initiatives 
that they do there. So the program basically came out of a, a request led by ARM with other industry vendors, Microsoft, mm. Google, a lot of other UK companies and universities to say, look, we fundamentally need to change the way a computer works. Okay, and then by 2019, uh, that had come in as a, a 70 million pound funding opportunity for, from central government. It was supported by around 120 million pounds worth of industrial investment. And mm. basically, we created a program in which we could uh, help industry and academia move some technologies uh, that have been researched for nearly a decade at Cambridge University called Cherry to something that could look mainstream and could be adopted. What's its applicability to a mainstream processor? And obviously, you know, we can talk about the, uh, the release of uh, prototype hardware that's basically unblocking that. So, so digital security by design, government initiative to help build a secure future. Mm. Now, clearly, the way that the, the the world works today is that they're, they're trying to protect against vulnerabilities. And as you're aware, there's various types of vulnerabilities. Uh, there can be mistakes, there can be default passwords, there can be the ways the system has been built. Uh, Log4j was a great example where that it was a design error, basically. Mm. Uh, Heartbleed was an actual bug in the code. It was a memory safe, what's called a memory safety issue. And building something by default to be secure doesn't stop mistakes. Okay, so you can put a lot of effort into you know, zero trust and all of the other things. You can run all the latest, greatest monitoring, analysis, AI tools. But the likelihood, and I would struggle to find anybody, I think, that could say there's never a bug in software. Mm. As soon as you get the bug, got a vulnerability. And analysis, uh, Microsoft has run some analysis on their last five plus years of bugs. And the 70% of them, around 70% of those ongoing vulnerabilities have been uh, what are called memory safety. And that then pulls us back to what is secure by design if we're still seeing these you know, hundreds, if not thousands of bugs and vulnerabilities still coming in. Now, secure by design is actually saying the design of the system can't fail because of, can't be exploited. It's designed in a way that would stop even vulnerabilities from being exploitable. Now, there's some good examples in the industry today where People looking at, are looking at their secure boot mechanisms using non-clonable functions, which basically says there is no way that you can boot this device. It's hardware. It's a piece of wire in the system that's defined a mechanism that says you can't boot something that is unexpected. Now, clearly, as soon as you're running software, the processor itself has doesn't have the ability to stop a vulnerability from being exploited. And that's because of the memory vulnerabilities. That, that's vulnerabilities. right. So, you know, uh, you know, obviously there are some concepts of uh, type secure languages or, uh, sorry, memory safe languages like Rust, but they don't cover the whole gambit of the processor fundamentally isn't secure in that regard. So, you know, whether or not they are explicit pointers in the language or the, you know, the operating system or somebody is creating a pointer, or a virus that's inverted code or a backdoor has created a pointer, it pretty much has access to the full memory. Okay, mm. yes, there's very coarse grain protections in today's computers, you know, kernel user, you know, you might have an SGX or a trust zone under that, you might have some confidential compute in terms of virtual machines. But really, once you're in an application that you know, may sometimes have privileged operations, you have a vulnerability 
it's not by design that that processor can stop you. And that's really what uh, the DSB technologies are trying to address. They're trying to say, look, can we change the way, you know, computers were designed in the 60s that, you know, researchers said in the 70s, you know, are, are exploitable? How do, why hasn't that been fixed? And really, mm. that's what the programs around work with ARM, working Microsoft, Google, and the other UK companies and academia to solve that. How, how far are we in that moment? It's been a, an interesting ride because, like I say, the academia, when they started looking at computers as they really started becoming accessible in the 70s, started writing papers saying there's an issue here. It's going to cause the ability for people to exploit and perturb the operation of the machine or the kind of words they used. Uh, that did kick off some early research, including some capability uh, research around what was called a capability system in, in the late 70s in Cambridge, which sort of didn't really go anywhere in terms of adoption because the industry at that point was just riding Moore's law, building faster and faster processors. Yeah, its security wasn't a big issue. We weren't suffering big cybercrime in the 80s and things like that. By, by the turn of the decade, it started becoming a problem. So, you know, and then by, you know, 10 years ago, so 2010, Cambridge started another program, the Cherry Program, where actually at this point it was DARPA that was putting the investment and said that, look, what can we do about making computer systems more secure? Then spent the last 10 years working out what it looks like the last four or five of that from so where we are today. So, so from about the middle of uh, 2010, 10, 15, we started working with the MinArm to evaluate what that looked like. And the, it was a change which couldn't be just introduced in parallel with the, the ongoing development of a processor. In some ways, it was it's worse than what I had to do with multi-core. So you know, back in 2000, we had to sort of say, okay, I need to introduce multi-core into embedded and mobile, no operating systems, no multi-threaded code. And I was lucky if, luckily if there was something called a process. Very different system <laughs> of embedded back then. It was all priority or event-based. You know, we had to sort of change it. So obviously, we've, I've personally done that kind of thing. And we're looking at it again. How do we change it? So where we're at now is that the DSDB program's been running since 2019. Uh, this has given the partners time to investigate which parts of Cherry, what extra parts around it, so the concepts, what does that mean in the ARM architecture? And ARM has built uh, a, a prototype board, so it's something that we helped uh, fund the degeneration of, which is a, what we've called a technology prototype. And, and what this is, is uh, are the Cherry concepts applied to the uh, ARM architecture it's it's looking at their high performance the kind of chips you know so it's you know it's a multi-core out of water high performance processor it's got these cherry concepts in and you know in the by the middle of you know it's not even the middle of uh, 2020 so q1 2020 basically you know that board will be made available it'll be announced uh, we've been uh, promoting it as part of our research programs, the existing things that UKRI has been funding that will be delivered to them. And then there'll be also programs where we uh, make it available to broader industry and researchers to understand what the implications to them are of this fundamental change. And it might be worth, we look at what those changes are and what we're asking of, of developers that uh, 
I think that gives you an idea of what, what the status is today. What are the next steps uh, with the programme? I think the biggest issue we've got that we're obviously trying to talk and increase the awareness to make people realise this is not business as usual. Okay, this okay. is very different to anything that has happened in the lifetime of most people that work in ICT and tech. If you were to say to somebody building a computer today, you know, how do how does virtual how did virtual memory come into existence and how is it used? They'll say, oh, that's just part of a computer. You can see it today when you know people are writing applications. They talk about hardware agnostic. They really don't consider that what's under them could be fundamentally different. And that, that's what we're talking about here. Okay. And really, there's the, yes, it's fundamentally different. So does, the, that, does that mean everything I've done is wasted? And that's definitely not what I'm saying here. It's, it's, mm. it's an incremental process of being able to change the way people either implicitly do something or explicitly do something. And what I mean by that is that the computer itself has these secure by design capabilities. And there's really two areas that it's worked in. One is around that pointer, the ability to make sure that the pointer has, the computer itself has a new data type, which is a protected pointer. Okay, so today you've got data types across the different mathematics, you know, the integers and floats and things. And you've got a pointer, which is really a, a mathematical unit, but you don't anymore. You have a, a thing called a pointer, a capabilities pointer. And that really can be just turned on uh, by default uh, or hybrid within a compilation step of the processor. And we had some SMEs in the UK look at that uh, during 2021, where they basically said, what does this mean to our software where we turn on type? Mm -hmm. Uh, And there were some great examples where there was one company uh, found a vulnerability in some third-party code at the compilation state. And they just looked at it and went, oh, dear, you know, we've adopted some third-party code. It was actually commercial code as well. Had a vulnerability in their mathematics around a pointer. And if, uh, a, a, you know, if a hacker had found that, they'd have found a way into their, their secure system. So the fact that the just the compilation stage, turning this on, solved the issues. Now, now was that a no-op to turn that on? No, because like I said, Programmers have assumed that a pointer is an integer data type typically, and sometimes they do maths on it and things like that. But, you know, the program so far has found that lines of code have changed. If we were to do an entire graphical stack in in, in, uh, Windows, it's about 0.03%, up to 1% worst case and fractional percent. But they come as basically fairly prescriptive uh, compiler errors, basically. So that's the first part of the technology introduction that we're making people aware of. The, the other is actually using that pointer to partition your code in a fine-grained manner. And why would I want to do that when I've got processes and you know secure regions, TEEs, and all these other things? Well, it's fine-grained. And what that means, it's, it's around two orders of magnitude faster to do context switches between these protected domains. This means, for example, log4j could even, if that was in one of these containers, it couldn't have actually got out into things that other than the logging system. So developers can then build their software and architect their software to be more secure by default. And they can really go into the process. They can say, look, cryptography library, I don't want the cryptography library anywhere near any other memory of the system. I don't want my keys anywhere near any where in the system, and that was actually another one that uh, one of the UK SMEs did. They they created on-demand software TEEs, the trusted execution environments, 
and they could then use the global protect, I forget what the exact name is, but the, the API they use for TEEs to be able to talk to that in a hardware protected environment. So what we've got to really do is, is you know, make this available and the awareness of the level of the change from, I want to be able to just compile and get rid of these 70% of ongoing vulnerabilities. What does that mean? It means businesses won't have to jump day zero to patch all the systems and find out what they're doing. It might run stop, but at least it's not run and be exploited, that kind of thing. So that will then bring drive to demand while the people that are actually building products and services start looking at, well, how would I repartition this system? How can I benefit from this much faster interprocessor of communication? How can I use third-party code, not be held slave of anything that I'm not aware of it in it? And that really is where the... the the program that will be announced uh, Q1 uh, 22, where we're basically starting to make those boards available to, to the people that have got those kind of problems to see how evaluating it uh, in that regard. Okay, so that's really where the program's at by the beginning of 22. And that will be going on for the rest of 22 into 23. Uh, we'll, we'll have programs uh, probably in the 23, 24 timeframe where if you like, the end market start understanding what the implications for their businesses, their industries, or the business sectors rather than the technology. Okay. So we're really trying to work with the technology sector people at the moment uh, through, through 22, 23, through these boards and letting them evaluate, you know, how they can be both more secure by design while also understanding how they can increase the security of their product without the performance costs and we believe without some of the effort required to do it in other mechanisms because obviously if you're always fighting performance and resource usage it's much easier just to use these technologies to make sort of secure products by default as well. It was obviously initiated by ARM, Microsoft and various other partners, Google. How are they implementing it into their systems, products, etc.? Yeah, so when the program's at, it's really, obviously, they're taking what would be classed in industry as fairly early research and saying, what does this mean to my business? So it's, it's, it is in the researchy to industrial application research phase. And obviously, understanding what that means to the people that I've just been describing is part of that feedback step. What will So, you know, I think Microsoft has a program called Verona, which is a, a new type uh, memory safe language. They're obviously looking at what that means to this. Uh, Google will be looking at what it means to their environments in mobile. And then ARM has obviously evaluated what it means to the cost and the implementation of their processor. That needs to close that sort of the industrial research feedback loop such that the business as usual creation of new products can occur. In all honesty, if, if somebody said, how long does it take to take a concept from hardware through to, let's say, the next mobile phone, we would be talking, if they were to start that 2022, we're talking 2026, okay? okay. So this isn't a thing that's going to be solving tomorrow's uh, zero vulnerability. These things take time. We are talking about moving a fairly fundamental architecture change in a data type inside the innards of a computer through the operating system into the libraries and then obviously the, the people that build the systems coming on top of that 
Okay, so just that, you know, I think Arm has quoted that, you know, introduction of uh, 64-bit processing was a 10-year program. Mm. Like I say, they're, they're a few years in, so we've mm. probably got that five-year bit still to go until we start seeing, you know, significant market uptake in terms of a, a device. And, and clearly, uh, with the, the DSDB program working with the developer community, but also the industrial sectors, that, you know, creating that demand will help accelerate that. Clearly, you know, government saying it's a good idea is one thing. You know, <laughs> businesses saying, you mean you can get rid of the cost I've just, you know, the millions I've just spent, you know, having to rush around, fix that latest patch. Hopefully we'll see a lot more demand in the, in the years to come. John, on that note, well, uh, thank you very much. I thank you very much for the opportunity to chat. Thanks, bye. So that brings us to the end of this episode. That was Embedded Edge with Nitin, and I'm Nitin Dahad. Thanks for listening. <laughs>